0: Hey everybody, welcome back in Bleeding, Claret, and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you today. We'll look ahead to the League's Cup. We'll look back at the first few games of the MLS Next Pro Invitational. Big games between the Monarchs featuring some very young RSL players against Hoffenheim, against Crystal Palace, U23s. And um, we all remember last year's kind of Gavin Beaver's coming out party against Chelsea. Well, some other guys had uh, some big performances against Crystal Palace. Um, but the bulk of today's show will be League's Cup, Seattle Sounders, Monterey Revenge. And more as RSL seeks to maintain its fantastic form and momentum from uh, June and July as we go into the Leagues Cup. Obviously, the end of August, we'll uh, look ahead to Open Cup. A lot on the plate here for the RSL Pyramid. Exciting times. We have Youth Academy teams going over to Europe here in a couple of weeks. We'll get into all that and much, much more right here, Bleeding Claret and Cobalt, brought to you by One Wire Fiber. All right, Ryan, we're sitting here in Harriman overlooking the practice field. We've got the Hoffenheim bus buzzing in the background. You have Hoffenheim's U23s, Crystal Palace U23s, Monarchs, RSL, all training out here on a beautiful day in Harriman. It's not that hot yet. Apparently the worst of the heat is coming. Saturday night at America First Field is game one of the group stage for Leagues Cup West 2, RSL hosting Seattle Sounders. Then on Wednesday, RSL hosting Monterey. We will have a Pioneer Day fireworks extravaganza Saturday night. Uh, There are plenty of tickets left for the RSL Seattle game. If you want to invite your friends and family, just go to rsl.com slash tickets. The Wednesday game against Monterey, there's a few tickets left for that. That is the game that is included in the season ticket package for 2023 season ticket members. If you are listening and you are a season ticket member, hopefully you have gotten the text or the email with the new 2024 renewal pricing. Some, some, Areas of the stadium have gone up. It's still a fantastic value proposition, especially when you look at the form the team is in, regaining maybe its its home fortress sensibilities, knock on wood, we hope, going forward the rest of the year. Buying players like Chicho and Vera and Palacio and Gomez and retaining other players and just really... Um, investing in the roster. So, uh, exciting times in MLS. Obviously, Messi is here. We can talk about that a little bit, Ryan. Um, We saw the All-Star game, although not much. Um, There's obviously silver linings coming out of uh, the annual All-Star game. And, you know... I didn't think they were going to beat Arsenal, but a 5 0 loss is difficult uh, to stomach for those of us who love the league. So we can get into all that much, much more. But first, I want to talk about Leagues Cup. And, you know, as usual, I'm probably more excited because more RSL games is just like heaven for me, you know? Um, this is not the Leagues Cup as we've seen in the past. The Leagues Cup, this format, this World Cup style format with. 47 teams and 77 games this was supposed to launch I think back in either 20 or 21 got pushed back because of the pandemic Um, and we've had what they ended up calling Leagues Cup showcase games which were basically meaningless exhibitions in the past that was RSL against Atlas last year that was RSL against Tigres Believe it or not, Ryan, four years ago, I think this weekend, was when that cat ran on the field. That ended up being Mike Pecky's last game for RSL because of his post-game or in-game antics and his uh, defense thereof, I think, afterwards. So I wasn't here for all that. I was watching a lot of that from afar, from Houston and from Austria. But um, this is a legitimate competition. There's three CONCACAF bursts up for grabs at the end of this uh there's there's a final there's a third place game um there's prize money and if you talk to anybody in that RSL locker room now they're saying they're going to go for it they want the money they want the Concacaf Champions League berth even though they know they're in the final 4 of the Open Cup for one berth so uh Always good to have insurance plans to get to CONCACAF next year. Um, RSL in a very, very tough group. Our friend Jeremiah Ocean up in uh, Seattle runs a Sounder at Heart website. And, you know, he's always calling me up and asking me about Weibel and Rusnak and Freddie Juarez and uh, even Kellen Rowe and their time here. But he basically says our group, the West 2 group, is easily the toughest group in League's Cup. It has been called the group of death because the average CONCACAF club ranking in our group is 11.33 between RSL, Monterey, and Seattle. The second toughest group Again, 11.33 for our group is the average ranking amongst three teams. The second toughest is the Central 3 group, which I don't know off the top of my head without looking at the bracket, but that's 19.67. So eight spots higher are, is the average of RSL, Monterey, and, uh, and Seattle. And remember, RSL is the top seed in this group. We're the host seed, right? Because we're the American team. We made the playoffs last year. Seattle did not make the playoffs last year. They have made, obviously, a a big uh, CONCACAF-type run. Um, uh, They made it to the CONCACAF. uh, They won CONCACAF, honestly. So that took a lot out of their season season. Last year and uh and Monterey, look, we get to maybe have a little bit of revenge for what happened here in the CONCACAF Champions League final back in uh 2011. Anyway, um, RSL rolls into this Seattle game, Ryan, and we, sh- we can maybe start by looking back at what we saw um Saturday against New York. But RSL 10 games unbeaten in June and July in MLS and Open Cup, nine MLS, one Open Cup game. Seven wins, three draws, 22 goals scored by nine different players. Obviously, Saturday against New York was the Diego Luna coming out party. Diego with two goals, um, had one in the second minute, which was the earliest goal we've had, I think, since Bobby Wood against Nashville uh, 15 months ago. Um, A beautiful second goal where he combined with Danny Masofsky. Uh, Jefferson Savarino caps the night off with the kind of insurance goal. Uh, to give us the final three-one scoreline, and uh, if you talk to Pablo Masuany, he wants to keep the momentum rolling. How do we keep that going? Uh, League's Cup is a perfect example. And you know, I think people look at the MLS schedule and they see a big gap, and they're like, "Hey, we can go on vacation, or we can go do this, we can go do that." Uh, that's not happening around here. These guys want to play these games. They want to win these games. As uh, as Chicho and some of the others said, like we don't line up expecting to lose like we want to win everything every game that we suit up for we want to win and uh that's going to happen hopefully saturday at uh america first field against the seattle team that honestly ryan hasn't done very well here um rsl's all-time regular season record against seattle on utah soil This surprise me 11 wins one loss four ties. Now obviously they have another win in in the playoffs. Uh in 2012 the regular season win was 2011. Uh they did come in here and get a 0-0 draw on April 29th which was Justin Glad's 200th um all-time game. I think it was his 192nd regular season game. Anyway, like Seattle is a rival because of kind of the high-stakes games we've played against each other. We've had some really exciting uh, playoff history, including back in 2021, the uh, the shootout win, the scoreless draw, no shots uh, taken for RSL. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Craig Weibel, Albert Rusnak, Freddie Juarez, and even Kellen Rowe coming back after their time here, uh, back to America first, back to compete against RSL. Hard to say with Seattle or Monterey or really anybody right now. Everybody's asking me how seriously are they going to take it? I know how seriously we are taking this tournament. That is always the question with extra games, extra tournaments. Um, I'm glad MLS is out of the business right now of international friendlies. Because we've been through that, and those were fun for what they were, but I think as our league has grown, as our club has grown, as the roster has deepened, you want legitimate, meaningful competitions, and that's what people are going to find out, that this is what League's Cup is. It's not the reputation it has because it's an inaugural tournament, so I think people are looking at it. There are people who say, hey, it's a made-for-TV cash grab between these teams, but you know, Liga MX already started their fall season; they're three weeks in, and they're taking a month break. MLS, we've played 24 out of 34 games this year. We're taking a month break for this tournament, so this is much, much more than an exhibition series.
1: Yeah, so the, I mean, lots of stuff to to <laughs> digest with all that there, but uh, the conversation around League's Cup is interesting because it's also kind of coinciding with the conversation around the NBA tournament. That's going to be happening. Is that this season? Are they doing it this season? Yeah, it'll start this fall. And I think there's a lot of people that are like that. The things you're bringing up, like, oh, it's just a catch game. I mean, obviously that's what the point of all this stuff is. It's like, you know, every pro sport. I mean, what is <laughs> it? But I think it's interesting because we're, we're kind of coming up against like, these are things that are kind of baked into European leagues. I don't know any other league that does a uh, season stopping group stage type of tournament. I do think yeah. it's, it's interesting because it does kind of let you stay on top of what's happening. Um, I think that that may be one of the things about the U.S. Open Cup that's a little bit difficult because like we're we're like, what's the space between these games here and there's like two. So and a half like months? If,
0: if we go to let's say we make it to the League's Cup final four, so your final game and your third place game, that would be August nineteenth, uh, which would mean our league game against LA Galaxy on Sunday, August twentieth, would have to be moved. Yeah, and then our Open Cup semifinal game in Houston is Wednesday, August twenty third.
1: So we've got, I mean, this good. It's another tournament that you kind of like, you know, for those of us that have short attention spans, very, it's very convenient, you know, just have to pay attention for a little while. There's this uh, thing that happens, you know, when you have the a knockout tournament is like, oh, uh, when, if you get knocked out, you're like, oh, it didn't really matter anyway. You know, we didn't really, you know, there's a little bit of that. You even kind of see that when the FA Cup, the FA Cup, and then you also have whatever, what's now called the Carlsberg Cup yeah, or Carlsburg the or Gummy Bear yeah, Cup. Yeah, whatever, whatever the, um, it ends or, up. But the thing is, like you'll see these guys, you'll see these teams, like when they get knocked out early, like Chelsea gets knocked out early, and everybody's like, "Well, it doesn't matter." We're we're, we're like we're focusing on the league and stuff like that. But you also see at the same at the same time. like when you do finally win that, if you win that trophy and get that hardware, that's a pretty important thing. In fact, you see things like, "What did Man City do?" Well, they just won every single one of those, you know, and that's a big deal. That that kind of adds to the uh, significance of their league win. When they also have these other this other hardware inside of that league, when you know it's such a, I mean, and put on top of that Champions League too, it's like there's just so many different different things. Like I think that that when you talk about like the players being, uh, we want to win this. I think that there's something to be said about like, yeah, this is a, this is a tournament that's going to be a different. It's a, I think the mentality is going to be different. I'm interested to see what the the what the f- play on the field looks like. I've always I've noticed that like you do see different type of play in a Champions League game or in an Open Cup game. I'm interested to see what happens here. I think that it's kind of a little bit of a standoff right now with the teams, like who's going to take this serious and where they, you do it? so in a, in a group like this one, where you do have some, I mean, as, as difficult a competition as any of them, like who's going to step up and like, say, this is ours. You know, it's like, you're going to, you're going to have some interesting games. I think the Seattle game, the Seattle game's is fascinating to me for a lot of reasons, mostly because just Seattle's always, always kind of, uh, you know, it's always a matchup that you're, you have circled on the calendar i think nobody wants to miss the seattle game nobody wants everybody's it's always has some significance it's, obviously we've had the the last couple of years with the added connection of albert being there yeah and, you know that that kind of stuff but it is you know this is this is a chance to like i don't know i i i guess what you're seeing in real time with me right now is you know i have i've had mixed feelings about it but yeah. i do i think that the re- whatever whatever where i'm landing with this where i'm landing as far as my opinions, like I just want to see these games, and I want to see what yeah. happens. And I think it would, I think it's going to be for every, in everybody's best interest if this comes out and it's a very competitive tournament. And you see some, I, mean, I think we're going to see some great goals. I think we're going to see some some good play. I think it's going to be interesting to see the uh, MLS teams adjust to playing the Mexican teams. I think that they're going to be, and vice versa. I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I think that the the it's been very hard to say. What, how does MLS stack up against, you know, we've, it's been like kind of theoretical and maybe when we come up against them in Champions League, but I think every single team is going to have a chance to play against yeah. them. And I think that we're going to see, well, is this going to prove some points? Maybe it's going to it's gonna highlight some, some weaknesses, I think. I think we're going to start seeing like, well, what is it that is different about a sure. MLS team? I don't think we've ever had that kind of opportunity to see. I don't think any league's ever done that. A no, like, complete it, mesh of the two leagues.
0: You're right. And, you know, we've done, there's been a lot of things done between MLS and Liga MX over the years, right? Um, CONCACAF Champions League has always been perceived as the test. Um, But it hasn't always been a fair test because of where teams are in their seasons, right? Because if you have an MLS team that's two weeks into preseason in January or February playing a Mexican team that is in the middle of its uh, spring season, people say that's not fair. Conversely, if you have a Mexican team in the summer that is playing, that is in the first two weeks of their preseason, playing against an MLS team that's you know hot and heavy in the middle of theirs, that's not fair. Uh, You know, look, casual American soccer fans that are waking up to the game because of Messi or whatever, they're going to look at that Arsenal scoreline and be like, "Oh, MLS sucks." It's not fair. I mean, that MLS team had two training sessions together. One of them was on the national mall next to the monument in DC. So I'm not sure how serious that was Um, going against an arsenal team that yes, they are in their preseason, but they are one of the world's elite clubs. They're, gunning for Champions League and uh, Mm. an EPL trophy this year. And um, a lot of people think they and Mikel Arteta, as they spend money and add to their roster, um, are going to get there. So I guess this League's Cup, I'm excited about it because it is maybe the fairest comparison. Now, the Mexican teams aren't at home. So we know that as, as we advance through this knockout, hopefully, knock on wood, we advance out of the group and into the knockout stage. If we're playing a Mexican team, we're going to play at home. Now, sometimes these games, we're not going to know who we're playing or where we're playing until three or four days out. makes it really hard to sell tickets. Um, But, you know, we're in the West 2 group with Monterey and Seattle. If we win our group, the West 2 winner plays West 1 second. So that means we could play... Tigres, Portland Timbers, or San Jose Earthquakes, right? If we finish second in our group, that means we play the West 3 winner. So we can play Galaxy, um, Vancouver, and I'm not sure what logo this is for the Mexican team. It might be Leon, actually. So I don't know. I'm excited to play some different teams. Especially if they're Mexican teams, like, because our all time record against visiting Mexican teams is actually pretty good. Like, we've we have a long history. And again, most of these games that we've played historically uh, against Mexican teams and against international teams for that matter have been exhibitions, right? They haven't been part of anything except for our CCL record. So we've played. 42 matches against 30 different international opponents from 16 different countries uh, in our 19 years. So um, we've played Mexican teams 17 times in either international friendlies or CONCACAF Champions League play. We're only three wins, seven losses, four ties against Mexican visitors again some of those games have been played in various circumstances. And it wasn't too long ago, Ryan, where we were kind of rolling out a Monarchs team against a visiting Mexican team, right? Um, we're going to see Chicho playing against Monterey, right? We're going to see Damir Crylock and Diego Luna playing against Seattle, right? Diego, I'd have to go back and look. He, if he played in that April 29th game, probably wasn't a lot. So we get to see an RSL team perhaps at its performance apex, 10 games unbeaten, scoring goals, shutting teams out, um, moving from 12th in the West all the way up to tied for second with LAFC on points. Um, LAFC has played one fewer game, so technically we're third in the West right now. Um, I'm excited about these games, and I'm excited to see the continued growth and development and cohesion of Diego Luna, Chicho, Demir, uh Jefferson Saverino, Danny Musofsky, Rubio Rubin has come back. He was red hot before he went to Gold Cup with Guatemala. He scored goals, he played uh, significant games there. Picks up a quad strain, plays through it. So now he's rehabbing, should be ready to integrate back into the RSL fold either Saturday or Wednesday or both. Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, Brian Vera, Oviedo, Ojeda, Ruiz, Lafelson Nelson Palacio, uh Bodie Hidalgo, Emeka Anelli, um, Elijah Paul, Berton Jackson. The list goes on and on. Gavin Beaver, Zach McMath. Like we have a deep team. I, I just I named, I think, hopefully all or most of the 28 guys that have contributed to this three month run. Believe it or not, Ryan, 97 days. This team has played 23 games. They've lost three. They've won thirteen. They've drawn seven. That's phenomenal. You have to go back a whole decade to find an era of RSL where where we were this successful, where we were were winning games on the road. So that's what I'm excited about is if we have to go play Portland Timbers or uh, have to play somebody on the road in three days, like Pablo and the rest of the group, their attitude is kind of just line it up. Let's go and let's, let's win this game. And that's what we saw in Austin on June 3rd. That's what we saw in DC and in St. Louis in in the middle of June. Um, that's what we've seen kind of wherever we've gone. That was the two zero comeback against Kansas city just 10 days ago. Like, these are exciting times, I think, for, uh, for RSL fans to, to who's going to step up because every game it's somebody different, right? Yeah. And well, let me, let me yeah. um, just
1: because we, the last time we put out an episode was the night before um, Kansas, Kansas City, City. So we haven't really okay. talked about it. I know this conversation has been had. Like, I've, I've seen a lot of people have some good conversations. I listened to other podcasts that talked about it. So there's a lot of people who've been saying a lot of things. My take isn't going to be 100% different, but it was interesting to see. We're talking about Pablo, we're talking about the depth of this the starting 11 which i don't think necessarily was playing to the point where they should have been down 2-0 at the end of that i mean there were some mistakes obviously but rebounding from that at halftime bringing out like the the starting 11 that we saw almost bo- the, the game before i mean we've seen three halftime subs that's not that's not that's usual right.
0: nor was that rotation unusual i saw a lot of people complaining about pablo not rolling out the same 11 that just beat orlando for nothing but that's impossible Man management i think that's not that's not a term we use in mls as much as you hear like in
1: in nba or whatever but that's kind of that thing but then seeing like well we need this game we can't let this game go and that's the thing is like you're having an away game in kansas city you're like oh we can't let this game go and uh, we had to come back those goals were pretty amazing the musashi goal i think was very much a uh he doesn't get the the shine that some of these other guys get, but when he when he clicks, when it hits, yeah. like I mean, just that 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 series, I, I'm even I'm wreck, kind of racking my brain to remember what it was, but I
0: just remember the fluidness of that 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 transition. I think it was a uh, it was Chicho, yeah, yeah, Chicho dug the ball out deep. Yeah. This is thirty seconds into them walking on the field. He hits it up uh, and plays it to yeah. To it, was, it was like
1: the LAFC, like that combination, those two Musowski and, and Chicho. Like last year we're talking about an LAFC team that won the championship with the big names, you know, you have to list four people before you can get to Chicho. It's like this is the this is LAFC. <laughs> and the thing is is that a lot of those guys missed a lot of games. Yeah. A lot of those goals were scored by Musovski and um Chicho when those guys were on the bench. And so I think we're seeing that like when you do rely on them, they come through and like the, uh, I just feel like we're seeing some stuff. Uh, the the uh, we haven't even, we didn't have uh, on here we didn't even get a chance to talk about Julio and his like streak yep. of like off the bench goals, which that's an insane stat. Like, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of things that fit into that category in sports. Coming right. off the bench and scoring, like it's like that's well, so.
0: And that's. I'm glad you said that because that's the cool part of everything that's going on right now. Is like Julio scores off the bench three games in a row. Nobody's done that since Jeff Cunningham in 2006. And he definitely could have had fourth, like that. that yeah, that, the team did yeah. score four games in a row because I think Musovski had a row, had a, a goal off the bench. Um, against Minnesota yeah. before Julio's heroics in Toronto. And so that's never been done in our club history. Pablo Ruiz had three assists in one game, uh, the Orlando game. That's only the second time in 19 years that's happened because Fabian Espindola did it in 2012. Fabian not a noted uh, distributor of the ball either. So I like how much he's the, that that that
1: statistic has brought that name up several times. Yeah. So I'm like i have not about it. that was then,
0: so- you know Diego Luna, uh, the youngest player in the history of his club to get a brace because Olmos Garcia did it ten years Miss, before man. him, and he was an old he was a year older. Like the list goes on and on. We keep doing these things yeah. that are the first or the best or the newest. In 19 years. And the thing is, like, that's when you're talking about that, like, bringing these back together. When you start, like,
1: putting Espindola's name back in the, in right. the, it's like, yeah, that team, that team was special. That team with, uh, you know, with uh, Javi and Espindola and uh, Saburillo, like, that team was, uh, and I think we kind of like, we always get nostalgic about teams that, you know, like in the past and all I was there, I was there when this happened, or whatever. But that was a, that was a special team and like things they did were special. But now you're seeing the same, like, now when things are happening here with this team, it's like, oh, that hasn't happened since, you know these guys did it, and I think that's that's an interesting that's an interesting like dynamic that's happening with
0: these things. I mean, so I don't know how much you've heard, but starting with Diego's post game on Saturday after the three one win over New York, to him being on Spence Checkett's ESPN seven hundred show, to him being on Sirius XM with Eric Winold's show, to him being interviewed with. Uh, uh, transfermarked.us, the uh, article that just went up here on Thursday morning. Um, Diego's been very open about his adjustment from USL to MLS last year, his adjustment this year juggling USAU 20 duty with his place in this club, how it took a toll on his mental health, like how difficult it was for him to leave Salt Lake to go to a 10 day camp every month prior to the World Cup. Um, he's talked about how Pablo Mastroeni, Demir Krylock, uh Saverino, other guys have kind of helped him manage, you know, club and country. It's been really cool to watch. It's been really cool to see him. Uh, grow off the field he's a you know as a communicator as uh somebody being willing to let the fans and media kind of have a little insight i mean i don't know if i was 19 i was i wasn't talking to anybody about my mental health you know and and you see it on the field he's got three goals and three assists uh in mls play this year had his first goal at st louis that we all remember had the had the equalizing assist at the death with Justin Glad against Minnesota gets two goals at home. His girlfriend from El Paso is expecting. So we saw the ball under the shirt, the pregnancy uh, goal celebration uh, at America first on Saturday. And then he had a different celebration for his second. And he just, that was just pure hustle. Like, Masovski gets dispossessed at top the eighteen. He runs onto the ball, plays a little give and go right outside the six, and just chips the keeper. Like it was, it's just so fun to see him having fun. But one of the cooler moments, Ryan, that I that I think we should remind everybody of is when the post game media Saturday they're asking Pablo about. Diego and does he have a shot to play in the world cup in 26 and play for the national team? And, you know, and, and Pablo's like, look, everybody knows Diego is a world-class attacker. Like there's, that's never been a doubt about his ability to dribble and shoot and, and, and put people off balance when he's got the ball at his feet and attacking He's like, but even better, like, and this is typical Pablo, right? Like even better than the two goals, was the tackle he made in Kansas City atop uh, the six to basically save a goal when we were down two one, uh, trying to make that comeback? He makes that that tackle, and that's just for Pablo. He's like that is a perfect microcosm of how Diego has gone from an individual. To being a team player and being a teammate and, and doing whatever he needs to do for the team. And that's a lot of what Diego's been talking about is, hey, I've, I've kind of figured out what I need to do uh, to contribute to the team, to help the team win. And sometimes it's the dirty work on that side of the ball as opposed to the things that kind of come, you know, second nature to him. So we haven't even talked. Much more about Chicho, who scored or assisted in each of his first three games so far. Obviously got the goal 23 minutes in against Orlando, had the assist 30 seconds off the bench in Kansas City, and then had the assist uh, two minutes in against New York. So he becomes the first ever RSL player to score or assist in his first three games. He had been tied after the Kansas City game with Rubio Rubin, who had assists in his first two. So again, there's all kinds of these cool milestones and stats. And I think uh, nothing would be cooler for us to now start winning competitive games in the League's Cup against opponents from either MLS or. Uh, Mexico, and just try to keep this train rolling. Because what you do want, obviously, is to be flying 100 miles an hour when we get to August 23rd in Houston. And then, you know, there is a FIFA break September 9th. Um, if that LA game does have to get moved because we're in the final or the third place game at League's Cup, I kind of expect it to go somewhere around... September 5th, September 9th, September 12th. Cause there's just not a lot of room in the schedule. Um, the open cup final, which if RSL is able to, to win, uh, in that Houston semi RSL would host the open cup final RSL would host the winner of Cincinnati and Miami. So, I don't want to go there yet. I want us to beat Houston before I really start thinking in detail about what it would li- be like to have Messi here. But that could be just another phenomenal night in the history of soccer in Utah. And, you know, for me, even without Messi, and there's a lot of people who don't think Miami, even with Messi and all of his buddies that are signing contracts are going to be able to get past Cincinnati because Cincinnati is the Supporter Shield leader. They're a juggernaut right now. I think they're 11 wins, no losses, one draw at home. Um, Beating Cincinnati would not be easy, but one of the RSL demons that we need to exercise someday is that Open Cup 2013 final home loss against a three-win DC United team, and it'd be nice to do it this year. So, um, those are the things that I'm getting way ahead of myself. Anytime the Open Cup comes up with Pablo, he's like, don't talk to me about it until we beat Houston. Like, it's all about August 23rd. So, you know, what are the things we can do during this? I don't even want to call it an MLS cup or an MLS break. I want to call it a Leagues Cup period, I guess. What are the things we need to do during the next 28, 30 days uh, throughout this Leagues Cup tournament to be ready? for that open cup semi in Houston on August 23rd. Obviously there's no way to prepare for the humidity, but how do you keep everybody healthy? How do you keep everybody buzzing? Those are going to be the questions that honestly, maybe we don't know. We don't even know what questions we need to ask because, but if we, let's say we don't get out of the group stage or you get out of the group stage and you lose in the round of 32, do you schedule some friendlies just to stay fresh? with other MLS or Mexican teams that are sitting idle, yeah, you know? I haven't talked to anybody about that. I don't know if that's possible. It's always going to come down to who's paying what expenses, how much does it cost, do you open the stadium for tickets, do you not. Like, these are the things that, you know, we'll deal with when the team gets knocked out and try to figure out what do we need to stay sharp, because it is going to be, be all about that uh, August 23rd match.
1: Yeah, do you think, though, that brings up the idea, like, what's made this team be successful and it's been basically when somebody's hot, there's, they have the support they need around them. Uh, it kind of brings up Savarino. We haven't brought him up. The multi-pronged attack is just yeah. so, it's so great. And I think it's just, everybody has a chance right now and everybody's like taking advantage of their chances. I mean, we're coming, we're just a few weeks away from a game with Demir having two goals. You know, there's just so many things that are going on. I don't, I can't see, think of a better a team that's better suited for this kind of Part, part of the, the schedule i just think that like with with rsl having as many people contributing as possible we don't have the yeah. goal scorer that has the over 10 goals yet sure but we have we have this, this group of players that scores so consistently that it's like how do you stop them almost and then you just have a lot of other guys that have been making just great runs you have uh you think about Justin Glad, uh, Marcelo Silva, and Vera kind of like shifting around and making sure that, that back line. I mean, we've had last year. I think we, we had that that kind of thing with uh, if Justin was out. We're going. You can pretty much guarantee mm, two goals against. Sure. That kind of thing hasn't happened. No. We, there's been there's been times when the defense hasn't looked as strong. We're watching the rise of Pablo Ruiz. I think that this season has been that. Yep. Like that's like we haven't. Even, these are the things that these are the things that we bring up almost every episode that we haven't even brought up this week. Yeah, it's just like the Pablo Ruiz. It's a, it's hard to point to like a player that hasn't been <laughs> up to the challenge recently. I think. Well,
0: and we haven't brought up Andres Gomez's name. Um, I'm I'm looking at this starting eleven from the Monarchs exhibition game against Crystal Palace U23s last night. Gavin Beavers in goal, um, Elijah Paul up top, Bertan Jokasin, Nelson Palacio, Andres Gomez, Bodhi Hidalgo. What a great game Saturday against uh the red bulls um these guys are all young 22 or younger guys i think um elijah might be 23 actually um anyway it's it's this gets me excited cuz these guys have been contributing in this open cup run and and during all this squad rotation to go back to the kansas city angst especially this time of year but it really any time of year We've played three-game weeks, nine of, I think, the last 12 weeks since uh, April 8th, since this big um, schedule congestion has started. And I think Pablo and his staff, using 28 players during that run, again, three losses out of 23 games is amazing to me. Um, You're getting – not only are guys playing, you're getting contributions. Like, the sudden-death winner against um, Toronto, July 1st, it was a Mecca Anelli that dug the ball out and started the play. It was Berton Jokesson's shot slash cross that the Toronto goalkeeper kept in play. It was Anelli getting that rebound, playing it to Elijah Paul. His shot on the doorstep is saved, and Anderson Julio knocks it home. But that's three rookies keeping that play alive and creating that play and creating that opportunity for Anderson Julio. Um, You know, Gomez has five assists this year. Four of them have been game winners. Um, That Danny Masofsky assist to Luna, that was his first game winning assist in an RSL uniform. He's got seven goals and five assists, I think in 18 games across both U S open cup and MLS. So that's, that's amazing. Um, Chicho, a goal and two assists. We've talked about him. Demir Krylock has two braces. Um, Masovsky has a brace. Luna now has a brace. Um, I'd have to go back. I feel like somebody else does, too. Like It's just you're getting contributions from all over the field. It's extraordinarily exciting, and that's why... I I don't know. Maybe we should throw this out there. Like, does this team have a best 11? Because in my mind, we have 15 starting caliber players. Um, We haven't even talked about Michael Chang. Michael Chang had a brace uh, in Portland in the Open Cup to keep this thing rolling. He's been hurt lately, so he's probably kind of forgotten. Uh, Rubio Rubin had a brace in Austin, right? So... You never know whose day it's going to be, but it could be any one of 10 guys. And um, guys are coming up uh, at the death. Guys are coming up um, just at different times and places and ways uh, to keep this momentum going. And uh, it's it's just exciting. It's just really exciting to see how engaged the group is, how cohesive the group is. And I mean, I don't know. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like a Nelly has played half his games at D mid and half his games at right back. Andrew Brody has played half his games on the left, half his games on the right. Um, Savarino Gomez Luna have played all over the wings. They flip in-game, right? Oviedo has played left back. He's played left wing. He even played right wing for almost a whole half, you know? Um, Bodie Hidalgo, Glad. Vera has played half his games in center back, half his games at left back. Uh, When Krylock starts, he wears the captain's armband. When he doesn't, it's either Silva or Glad. We've had all three Bryans on the field at the same time. Like, there's just so many random things, ways to look at that rotation. Um, We've not had a penalty kick awarded yet. The one we did got removed from VAR. Uh, Knock on wood, we've had one red card uh, this year in 28 games, right? 24 MLS and uh, four Open Cup. Um, McMath and Beavers both have shutouts. I mean, Gravin Beaver's record this year, I think, is five wins, one loss, one tie. Um, McMath, of late, has been winning games and has been ge- uh, posting clean sheets, which obviously it's a goalkeeper statistic, but you, you, get, it's an 11-man uh, effort to make that happen. So I don't know. I couldn't be more ecstatic. Um, the last thing I'll say, just looking at kind of my master database and, and getting back to the squad rotation thing – I want to say it's like nine out of the last 15 games where Pablo has rotated seven or more players from one game to the next. And that's what you have to do when there are games every 72 hours. So, um, you know, early in the open cup run. So let's go back to mid April, right? Um, April 8th, April 1st, Gavin's debut. You get, slammed in Columbus for nothing. Um, we played a lot of young guys for the first time in that game. That was Beaver's debut. That was in Nelly's second game, uh, his second start at right back. Um, you had some other guys uh, out there. Uh, Elijah Paul started that game, right? That was his, his first start. So then you go, you come home a week later, you go down one nothing, but you end up with three goals in 10 minutes. You get the 3-1 against Charlotte. Each of those games had five or six changes. From Charlotte to Dallas, one change. The only change was uh, Brody to Hidalgo. Um, Dallas, you lose 2-1 in a game I think you play pretty well. Uh, You give up two cheap goals, one early, one late. And at that time, RSL was two wins, five losses, sitting in 12th place in the West. No changes from the Dallas game to the San Jose game. Which I think were a week apart. Yeah. Saturday to Saturday, no changes. You win against San Jose 3 1. Um, then you go to Las Vegas for the Open Cup, 10 changes. Uh, you come back home against Seattle, only three changes, 0 0 draw. Only two changes for a road trip to Houston, 0 0 draw. You go to Portland for the Open Cup, 10 changes. Uh, you win that game 4 3. You come home, you only make three changes uh, three days later, you play LAFC, you lose three-0. Uh, then you go uh, you're home, you remain home against Portland, four changes, zero, zero. You go to Colorado, eight changes, you win three- two. You go to Colorado again, or you stay there, I should say, for an open Cup game. Nine changes, three days following a league game, you win that game, one nothing. You go to Minnesota again, three days later, eight changes. You come home against the Galaxy, you make five changes, you lose a game three two that you want that you were leading two one, at Austin eight changes win two one, uh, home against Galaxy seven changes win three two, you stay home against NYCFC five changes tie zero zero. So these scoreless draws have really kind of been killing us. Um, you go to DC four changes win two one. You go to St Louis only two changes. In a short rest, you win 3-1. But then you come home the end of that week, you're home against Minnesota, eight changes. Um, you go uh, 2-2 draw uh, from 2-0 down. You go to Toronto, seven changes, win one nothing. Come home against Orlando, two changes, you win 4 nothing. Go to Kansas City, seven changes again, tie 2-2, 2-0, come back. And then uh, New York Red Bulls, eight changes, and you win 3-1. So, sorry to Kind of do the math live on the air here with you, but I think it's it's Ill, Ill, illustrative of of kind of the di- the dynamic of playing nine three-game weeks out of 12, only having three losses. And it, it, 28 players used, a bunch of different people scoring goals. I mean, you've had injuries during that time. Like, Jasper was out for a while. Obviously, Rubin was hurt and then was out for Gold Cup. Uh, Chang is now out. But uh, Savarino was hurt and out for a little bit with international duty and, and dealing with his personal stuff, which seemed to have coincided with with some some road trips. And people are like, why isn't he traveling? And it's like, there's a good reason. And um, he's happy now. Like Like you just said a minute ago, he scored two goals. He scored uh two goals in four starts out of the last five games and he's even when he's not scoring he's playmaking he's assisting he's making things happen he's celebrating he looks happy he looks settled he looks content maybe the rumors of these brazilian teams trying to buy him was unsettling to him and his family um nobody's ever made an offer i think that made it serious enough for him or the club to consider so that's a good thing um we've got two weeks left don't know if if any new players are gonna come in uh, this window. This window has been pretty good with Palacio and Chicho. Hopefully, you get the Ojeda deal done. Um, uh, these are good times at RSL. I don't I don't know what else to say other than um, Pablo is every day trying to get better, get healthier, uh, get more cohesive. And it sounds crazy because the team. Can they be more cohesive after ten games unbeaten in the last two months? But an unbeaten June, unbeaten July. The team has not lost since May thirty first. Uh, not to jinx it, but you know you want to you want to make a run in the League's Cup. You want to make a run in the Open Cup. You want to maintain your your MLS Cup. Uh, playoff seeding potential, you know, top three, top four, top two, maybe uh, not that St. Louis, St. Louis is only four points away. Not that that's out of, you know, St. Louis and LAFC have, have played one fewer game than us. Um, so it's all there and it's all possible. And uh, these are exciting times. Hopefully something special happens this year in terms of, Raising a trophy at home, if that's the Open Cup, going deep into the playoffs, maybe even playing in an MLS Cup, winning an Open Cup. You need luck to make any of these things happen, obviously. But um, I just, the nice thing is, we're only worried about stuff that's happening on the field. And the sky seems like it's the limit. There's no real ceiling, I would say, for this team. And I was on Twitter a few days ago asking, okay, here we are. What are the expectations? Everybody expects us to win the Open Cup, which I think is. Reasonable for our fans to want that. Yes. Winning in Houston on August 23rd is going to be difficult because of the circumstances. They're a very, very good home team this year, but it shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't feel like something we can't do. And then, and then, um, you know, I know the I know the playoff format has changed and the goal going into this year even before it changed was hey, top 4 in the West cuz that means you get a home playoff game. Well, now everybody gets a home playoff game, but can you imagine this stadium having a home playoff game for the first time in 4 years? That place is going to be rocking and then that's going to lead you to hopefully win your best of 3 series and then you get another one in the next round. So, I don't know, I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm excited just about how powerful cohesive together this group seems and i don't think there's a ceiling and a very high floor this team has the
1: talent and i think that in mls the team that stays cohesive is the team that's successful and i think one thing we are seeing is that that that's a big focus of pablo and what he's trying to do with his team and you were seeing it already um couple i have a couple m or i have a couple of rsl adjacent uh, sure. topics to just finish us off and we can let you get going um Women's World Cup, big implications for what we could see on the field here in Sandy when the Royals come out. there's going to be at least at least one of those players out there is going to be playing. There's going to be there's players that are playing in the Women's World Cup that will be playing in in Sandy next year. So I think that's interesting to think about. I would, you know, there's always the wish list of things like there's a lot of players that we want to see coming here. I'm excited to see with the signing of the new um sporting director,
0: yes, Kelly Chambers, Sporting director, just announced earlier this week she'll be here stateside uh from England where she lives she's been with Reading as a player and then a coach and a td or gm yeah. uh exciting yeah just i mean obviously like very there's the, there's a lot of very little news you know
1: coming out of the rsl or the out of the royals because there's not a lot to report on right now but you know a new sporting director with World cup there's obviously going to be some uh, some uh some scouting going on um it's exciting. And then also I just wanted to just give a shout out to Bofo scoring a goal uh, for Bofo. His, That was that was a highlight that it was came a big that, goal. It that came up. It was his it was his signature goal. And I think in the that coming across the top of the 18 and then pushing it into the top corner. I think that's we have a uh, we have a lot of highlights at least on my hard drive from back in the days when the 18-19. I have a lot of highlights of Bofo scoring that almost that almost exact goal. So, I would love to see that. I love to see that guy. I'm rooting for him. Anyway, Trey, uh Big week, big uh, so much stuff happens. Every time we talk, it's like uh, it's been a year since we talked last. time. <laughs> so much stuff happens between our our talks, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we get an episode out next week. That'd be my fault if it doesn't. So I'm not going to put any of that on you. But hopefully, we get an episode out next week. Going to have some more stuff to talk about. Two games again this next in the next seven days.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be fun. And then look, let's just set the table here for League's Cup. So you have Saturday Seattle, Wednesday Monterey. Monterey and Seattle play each other Sunday the 30th. RSL will play again either the 2nd or the 3rd, and some of it will depend on their group stage standing, which could be affected by that Sunday night, the 30th game between Monterey and Seattle. So, look, clearly RSL wins both home games then you know you're going to play on August 2nd or 3rd. You just don't know against who. So yeah. pay attention to, obviously, our socials. Pay attention to uh, leaguescup.com. There's all the schedule, info, rules, regs, etc., cetera, et cetera, are there. And um, it's just exciting, uh, exciting times, exciting opportunity. It's a new opportunity. Clearly not everybody understands yet what Leagues Cup is, but hopefully in a month from now when we're celebrating our Leagues Cup title, and getting ready for an Open Cup title and uh, going for the treble later this year. I'm just putting it out there in the universe. Uh, Could be a great, great uh, fall slash winter for Rail Salt Lake. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Please share, subscribe, um, do anything you can to support our humble little podcast here. Obviously, One Wire Fiber and Adam Sessions make it all possible. We do want to hear from you on our socials at Claret Cobalt on, on Twitter and Instagram. I guess we should open a Threads account maybe, although it's hard to find stuff there. Um, you can always go anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt hit the message function and, uh, and and plant a seed with Ryan. Uh, you can catch us on email rsltrey at gmail.com Dot com. And um, obviously there's ways to get a hold of us in our personal socials as well for Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale. Uh, we appreciate all the support you guys have given us for the last couple years on this podcast. We love bringing it to you every week. It's it's therapeutic at times. It's uh, hopefully very informative and, and we are trying to coordinate schedules and do more interviews here and there when we can. Um, sometimes the Uh, Three games, an eight-day rotation makes it a little hard on our recording schedule. Um, But it's a long year, and hopefully it's going to be a very memorable one, one for the ages for RSL by the time it's all said and done. So we just really appreciate uh, everybody that chooses to rate, share, subscribe, and and give us your, your feedback as well for bleeding Claret and Cobalt. We love you guys. Talk soon.